Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. British efforts paying off. The measures are in place, they are making a difference, they are decreasing the contact, which is so important to spread the disease. Testing questions for the government. Care homes have only received 300 masks each. And can airlines weather the storm? This is coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. One of the more positive updates from the government's daily press conference. Measures to slow the spread of COVID-19 are working, according to the chief scientific advisor. Sir Patrick Vallance today said lockdown measures have been successful. He said that there had been an increase in the number of cases since the middle of March, but he expects the measures in place to reduce the number of cases of transmission. So we are seeing a big change in contacts. That is predicted to have a very significant effect on the so-called R The R-value is the number of people on average infected by one infected person. And the idea is to get that number below one, at which point the epidemic stops and starts to go down. On the basis of the contacts, you would expect that R-value now, in terms of the early phases of transmission in the community, to be coming down or below one. That takes two or three weeks to, f- to feed through into the number of people who might be appearing in hospital. But the government's come under fire for not meeting its target of carrying out 10,000 coronavirus tests a day. It follows confused messages about the number of tests carried out over the weekend. The Telegraph's political correspondent, Harry York, has been following the story. On Sunday, Michael Gove told Sky News that the UK had now hit its target of 10,000 tests per day and was now pushing on to reach its second goal of 25,000. This all sounded rather promising, until figures published by the Department for Health several hours later revealed that in fact just 7,000 people had been tested. Attempting to get clarity this morning, the BBC's Nick Robinson asked Health Minister Helen Waitley for the true figure, which she also said was 7,000. But just minutes later, Public Health England tweeted new figures, stating that 9,114 tests have been conducted over 24 hours until 9am Saturday. Even more confusingly, PHE revealed that it actually had the capacity to conduct 10,949 tests a day, suggesting that there had been tests left to spare over the weekend. This morning I was told that the reason for the discrepancy is simple. There are two different figures. The figures published by the Department for Health are the total number of people tested, whereas Public Health England released a total number of tests. 
It transpires that some people are tested more than once, thereby explaining the inconsistency. However, this doesn't explain why health services are not testing up to capacity, especially given the goal is to test as many people as quickly as possible. It also doesn't explain why Michael Gove stated that 10,000 tests had been completed on Sunday. Speaking to reporters this morning, the Prime Minister's spokesman suggested that it was in fact PHE that was to blame, adding that ministers were reliant on them to provide accurate information. They added that any spare capacity, instead of going to waste, should be diverted to testing NHS staff on the front line. Nurses on some coronavirus wards are caring for patients without any protective equipment. The Royal College of Nursing today warned the lack of personal protective equipment, also known as PPE, is putting frontline staff at risk. The Telegraph also understands the NHS is restricting the amount of PPE it provides to social workers, nurses in hospices and workers in private hospitals. Care Minister Helen Waitley acknowledged there were some shortages. I know that just because of the volume that has been called on some places have struggled to find um, everything they needed but a huge amount of work has been gone on and is, is ongoing to make sure that healthcare workers have the equipment they need. In one of the more striking shortages, care homes have received only 300 low-quality single-use masks each to protect staff and residents against coronavirus. The Telegraph's associate editor, Camilla Tomini, has more. This has been particularly disappointing when care homes had been told that they should expect visors, gloves and aprons as well. The World Health Organization recommends that all of that equipment is used by anyone dealing with a patient with suspected or diagnosed COVID-19. So it has left the care sector particularly vulnerable. And we're talking about nursing homes and residential homes here who have not only got some of the most vulnerable patients, but equally are being relied on by the NHS to clear hospitals, to stop bedbocking and take some of the patients that the NHS can't deal with. So it's a double problem, really. And this morning, The Telegraph has quoted Nadra Ahmed, who is the chair of the Care Association, the National Care Association, saying that what they've been sent is not enough. And also saying that care homes are suffering from the fact that they're having to pay out more of their own money on equipment from private suppliers only to be told by those suppliers that they are holding back supplies for the NHS so they're even more reliant on government money than they would be ordinarily. The government's announced £75 million towards flights to help bring stranded Britons home. It'll partner with airlines, including British Airways, EasyJet and Jet2, to help British citizens where commercial flights are no longer running. The Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab said the aim was to make coming home affordable. We've designated £75 million to support those flights and the airlines in order to keep the cost down and in arranging these flights our priority will be the most vulnerable including the elderly or those with particularly pressing medical needs and also looking in particular at countries where we've got large numbers of UK tourists struggling to get home. It comes after EasyJet announced it would stop all commercial flights indefinitely. Last week, Ryanair grounded 90% of its fleet. The pandemic has had a severe impact on airlines. But can they weather the storm? I put that question to The Telegraph's business reporter, Simon Foy. The cost to the industry from COVID-19 will be massive. The International Transport Association last week said that the pandemic would cost airlines around the world over £200 billion in lost ticket sales. And industry hopes of a rapid bailout in the UK were dashed 
after the government told airlines they will only be able to ask for taxpayers' money once they've exhausted all other options. Chancellor Rishi Sunak wrote to UK operators, urging them to seek cash from investors before demanding that the state steps in. But there are some relief schemes already on offer for airlines. They can turn to emergency help available to all companies, including a massive Bank of England loan programme, flexibility on taxes, delays to VAT payments, and help with workers' wages. This morning, EasyJet put all of its cabin crew on the government's emergency job retention scheme for two months, where they will be paid 80% of their average salary. This will save EasyJet over £400 million this year. Ultimately, big carriers with healthy balance sheets should be able to conserve cash and weather the storm. But airlines with weak cash positions, and in particular, the small regional operators, could be in deep trouble. Scottish regional carrier Logan Air said this morning that it was planning to ask the government for financial aid in the coming days because it is simply running out of cash. More are likely to follow them. The pandemic seems to have brought with it a whole new lexicon, self-isolation, social distancing, shielding. And starting today, I'm going to break down some of these terms for you, beginning with the one I've had the most questions about, viral load. You might have heard people talking about how viral load affects how ill-infected medics might become from the virus. Or, like me, you might have received a message that went viral, supposedly from an intensive care unit, warning that viral load is the reason why it's so important to avoid groups of people, even if you're young and healthy. So, what is it? Here's Dr Simon Clark, Associate Professor in Cellular Microbiology at the University of Reading. Simply put... It's the amount of virus that an infective individual is producing. That potentially impacts on shedding, and if it impacts on shedding, it can impact on transmission. The higher the viral load, the more infectious someone is likely to be. Dr Clark, how does that affect frontline healthcare staff? Well, if doctors on the front line are exposed to people with high viral loads who are shedding lots of virus, then they're more likely to be infected. It's simple as that. There's also a theory that high challenge dose, so being infected by a large quantity of virus in one go, makes people even more susceptible to infection because their immune systems are overwhelmed. Finally, I've had a question from a listener called Tim. He asks, once two or more people in the same house have symptoms, is there any danger in the mixing? Is there some sort of viral load reason why not? No, I think as long as you can stand to be in one another's company, you'll be fine. Your immune systems will both have kicked in and uh, be generating lots of antibodies and relevant T-cells and will be fighting off the virus. Sooner or later, you'll both recover. I wouldn't worry about it. If you have a term you'd like me to break down or a question you'd like answered on the podcast, email me. It's coronaviruspodcast at telegraph.co.uk. If you'd like to know more about anything to do with shopping, how you can secure an online delivery slot, what the government guidance says about shopping for vulnerable neighbours or relatives, our brilliant consumer champion Katie Morley will be answering a live Q&A on that subject at 1pm on Tuesday. I'll put details of how to join that in the show notes to this episode. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis, and I'll be back on Tuesday evening with another update. You can stay up to date with all our news and analysis for free for the first month of your subscription. And after that, it's just £3 a week. Go to telegraph.co.uk slash audio. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 